0: We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Before uh, uh, we have our minister come up today, we just wanted to let you know to be in prayer for Pastor Greg and Pastor Karen. Pastor Karen's dad went on to be with the Lord last night. Um, And so we just want to pray for peace and all those things. So if you could just come into agreement for uh, the family in this time and the funeral arrangements and all that stuff, I just want to let you know where they're at, though. But we rejoice knowing that he knew Jesus. And while we suffer loss on this side, uh, even if even if he could, he wouldn't want to come back. And so uh, we are thankful for the hope of the gospel. And at this time, we want to give uh, uh, Reverend Larry Hutton as much time as possible to come minister. He's family to us. So if you could give him a big welcome as he comes up to minister.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. It's just wonderful to be back. We're always honored and thankful that people invite us back Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, Pastor Greg and Karen are just special to us and Sorry we don't get to spend time with them today, but let's pray for them real quick, because even though they know that uh, her dad is in heaven uh, and it's only a temporary separation, it's still, you know, when you have a parent leave, it's still tough on the natural, you know? So let's pray for them real quick, all right? Father, we just lift up Pastor Greg and Karen to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said in your scripture that you are the God of all comfort, so we ask for your supernatural comfort upon them and the family, Lord, those involved. And, uh, Lord, you you strengthen them. We pray that you would strengthen them with might by your spirit in their inner man and that even the fruit of peace and the fruit of joy that's on the inside of them will spring forth and that they'll just be a light to shine to anybody they're around and anybody they uh, talk to, Father God. But we just thank you that you strengthen them and comfort them now in this time and uh, help uh, help them just get through it with ease, Lord God, and look forward to the reunion that will be coming soon, in Jesus' name. We thank you for it in that wonderful name, and everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. Well, um, again, thank you for coming this morning. We had a great first service. Uh, just heard some good scripture from the Lord and, and encouraged us, so we're going to be encouraged again today. Uh, just a quick testimony. I don't know if uh, anybody here was here last time I was here, but we were bragging on God, how he spoke to us about advertising on Google to get people saved. And last time I was here, we announced that we had gotten 120,000 people saved. Now, now, now it's over 160,000. We found, we found out that 33,000 people per month search Google on how to be saved that's amazing 33,000 people a month type in how do I get saved how what's the sinner's prayer what you know all those things so so we're just thankful God led us to do that and and touch people that way God says he that winneth souls is wise so I thank you Lord we're just gonna keep walking in your wisdom get more people saved right praise God so amen 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 Um, wow I've got a good word for you today um In fact, it's a word the Lord gave me at the beginning of the year for the body of Christ. He's only had me preach it a few places, but uh, I felt like the Lord told me to preach it here this morning. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, Ephesians chapter six. Since I was here last time, uh, the Wuhan virus came out, and uh, I continued to travel in, in 2020 when it came First thing I did is I went to the scripture because Jesus was around even more contagious diseases than that. And so I wanted to see what Jesus did because 1 John 2, 6 says we're to walk even as he walked. So the first thing I wanted to do is see if Jesus social distanced. And I wanted to see if if he, you know, stopped touching people. And no, he kept laying hands, even incurable and contagious people, he laid hands on them. And I thought, okay, that's what I'm going to keep doing. So we continued to travel. It was kind of funny. Now, if anybody follows me on Facebook, you may have seen this. But, like, right after it broke out and, and like, quit people quit traveling, it was just amazing because I'd get on the airline flying. Still, I was still living in Tulsa. We've actually moved to Atlanta last year, but I was still living here in Tulsa. And I'd get on the plane, and one time I got on the plane, it was me and four other people on a 225-seat airplane. Me and four others, four of them in coach, they had upgraded me because I fly American all the time, so they gave me a free upgrade. So I was in first class, so I got my phone out, and I was live streaming on on Facebook. And so the four people that were in coach started yelling and waving, and we just had a party on Facebook right right there. But it was very interesting because I thought to myself, this was so interesting that people quit flying, and yet the planes were cleaner than they've ever been in history. And the airports were cleaner than they'd ever been in history. And look, get all this less sick people were traveling ever in history. It was the safest time ever to fly. <laughs> so I was telling people, go on vacation. Now's a really good time. So, but anyway, we continued traveling, just watch God do wonderful things. And since we've been here, our television ministry has expanded. I do daily. Uh, program on gospeltruth.tv that's andrew walmack's internet television network and then we expanded since we were here last time King- kingdom global television network out of detroit michigan picked us up so we're daily television with them as well and we just keep watching god reach people around the world with, with the word of god and we're just so thankful so we're going to just hear some good word from god today and and uh, leave here changed. how many of you want to leave here better than the way you came Well, just keep that expector turned on, and you will. So I'm going to discuss something today that God actually tells you that you're supposed to be doing now. Um, And I believe if you get a hold of this, it's going to change the way you get out of bed every morning. I I believe it'll change the way you approach your your everyday life, because it's something God tells us to do now. And you know, think about it, now is where we're supposed to live. I mean, a lot of people live in their yesterdays, and it messes them up, and a lot of people live in their tomorrows, and that messes them up because they're wondering, what are we going to do, and how are we going to make it, and what's going to happen, and what's the government going to do, and what's the nation in war? and war, and so God has something about what we're supposed to do now. He says what we're supposed to do today, and then when tomorrow comes, it'll be today, and the next day comes, it'll be today. And so you're going to see that pretty clear in Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to go to verse number 10 this morning, Ephesians 6.10, where God says, Finally, my brethren, so we know he's talking to children of God, Christians, people who have accepted Jesus. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might be strong in the lord and the power of his might paul is actually writing this letter if you study this he was in prison and here he is writing to believers to encourage them i thought that was interesting he's in prison yet he's the one encouraging others <laughs> maybe that's because he knows there are many people in prison themselves they may be in prison to their to their thoughts they may be in prison to their physical illnesses maybe they're in prison financially I think Paul is trying to let the Ephesians know and us know how to get out of our prisons. So the first word he uses is finally. Now the word finally ties in what he's already said in the previous five chapters in the first part of the sixth chapter into what he's getting ready to say. And in order for you to get the most of what he says after he uses the word finally, you really need a little bit of understanding of what he said before this because finally ties it in. So I wrote down a synopsis of the previous five chapters just so you would understand okay what has he said to this point and then when he says finally and then he ties it in you'll be able to understand more so i wrote it down so here we go i'm going to give you a quick synopsis of chapters one, two, three, four, and 5 chapter 1 paul talks about our redemption how we are the redeemed he also talks about our inheritance we are we have an inheritance in christ then he talks about how the Holy Spirit has sealed us and, and guaranteed our eternity with Jesus. I am thankful for that guarantee. How about you? Then he ends up at the end of chapter 1 talking from verses 15 to verse 23. He, he talks about a prayer, at how to pray for others, how he prayed. In fact, you need to write this down. People a lot of times will ask me, how do I pray for my Husband, how do I pray for my wife? How do I pray for my children? How do I pray for this? Here's a model prayer that you need to use. So make a note of this if you need to know a prayer you're supposed to pray for yourself even. It's Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. So those of you taking notes, make a note of that because this is one I pray over myself. I pray over Liz. I pray over family. Then chapter 2, Paul talks about how our salvation is by grace through faith. And then he talks about how that Jesus has become our peace. He was the Prince of Peace, but now he's our peace and that we can live in peace all the time. Then uh, Paul talks about how he abolished the hostility that the law produced and how he has now made us one body in him. And then he talks about how we now have access to the Father and we're citizens and members of the household of God. And then in chapter 3, he talks about how God... Use the apostles and prophets to speak by revelation and make known the mysteries and the manifold wisdom of God. Then he talks about how we now have access to Jesus and how we should come to him boldly and with confidence. And then at the end of the chapter, which is this is the third chapter, this is another model prayer. So if you're taking notes here, it's another prayer you could pray over yourself and others. And that's in Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 19. So make a note of that. It's a great prayer to pray over yourself and others. In chapter 4, Paul talks about how we are to walk in humility, modesty, gentleness, uh, patience, endurance, steadfastness, perseverance. And then he talks about how we are one body. All of us members of the body of Christ we're one body with one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God who is the father of us all. Then he talks about how after Jesus ascended that he, he released God's grace and gave us five ministry gifts. a pop, Remember Ephesians 4.11? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And so five ministry gifts. And he tells us those gifts are given to equip the believers so that they can work in the ministry and help the body of Christ grow up. Then he talks about in that fourth chapter how we as believers are supposed to be adults in Jesus, not acting like children, and we're not supposed to follow false doctrines. And by acting like grown-ups, it'll cause each one of us to do our part to keep the body together, joined by the love of God. Then Paul talks about how we're supposed to quit acting like sinners and start acting like the new man that we really are, righteous and holy. And he even talks about then not giving place to the devil. Then he talks about how that only good things are supposed to come out of our mouth. Otherwise, we actually grieve the Spirit of God. And then he ends by saying, and this, this is interesting, he has to tell believers to do this. He shouldn't have to, but he does. He said, you guys need to be kind to one another. <laughs> you need to be tender-hearted to one another. You need to forgive each other the way Jesus has forgiven you amen then in chapter 5 he says you're supposed he starts the chapter out talking about how you're supposed to be an imitator of God stop imitating the unsaved and start imitating God don't partake of their lifestyles partake of Jesus's lifestyle then he says how you're now a child of light and you have no business engaging in the unfruitful works of darkness for him to say that that means Christians must be doing that and they shouldn't be Then he talks about how to use our time wisely, and instead of getting drunk on wine, he tells us how to stay filled with the Spirit by speaking and singing the Word of God continually and by giving thanks to God continually. Then at the end of the chapter, he talks to husbands and wives, and he tells us that we're supposed to love and respect each other and submit to one another in God's love. Then chapter 6, which is where we're at, it tells of us, those of us who have parents, starts the chapter talking about if you have parents, you are to honor your parents. And the second verse so, says so that it'll go well with you and that you'll live long and prosper. Kind of sounds like it has more to do with you than with them because it doesn't say honor your parents if they're honorable. It doesn't say honor your parents if they were good or if they treated you right, if they raised you right. It says honor them. Why? So it goes well with you. So that you live long and prosper and are healthy in the world. Praise God. Then it talks to those of you that might have a boss. You might have a supervisor or a boss or somebody that's over you. And it tells you you're actually supposed to work for them as though they are Jesus. Work for them like you're working for Jesus. And it says, goes on, if you do that, it says Jesus will be the one that rewards you. I think you want Jesus' rewards, don't you? (laughs) Amen. Then it brings us to verse 10 where we're at, where he, Paul the Apostle Paul, says, finally. The Greek word here, finally, is actually an adverb which modifies what has been said and what he's getting ready to say, a modifier. You can modify a verb. You can modify an adjective, a preposition, a sentence. And so I'll give you an example one time because I said this one time. I love having my wife with me because she keeps me on my toes. I didn't explain what an adverb was. She said, honey, you need to explain what an adverb is if you're going to bring it up. (laughs) And so an adverb, for for example, you you could say this sentence, a short sentence, he ran. Well, that's a short sentence. The word ran is a verb. But if you add in an adverb, you could modify that so that it says something else. For example, if you say, he ran quickly, that, that adverb modifies, it tells you how he ran. Uh, so it not only tells you how, an adverb can tell you when he ran. You could say, he ran yesterday. Or it can tell you how often. You could say, he ran every day this week. Um, Paul starts with the word finally because he's using an adverb to add to. In fact, actually it's an adverbial phrase because he said, finally be strong in the Lord. So he's actually adding a modifier to all the things he previously said to do in the chapters leading up to this statement. In other words, Paul's saying, I'm adding a modifier so that you will know the what, when, where, why, and how so that you'll be able to do all the things I already said. In other words, you're going to have to be strong to walk in your redemption. You're going to have to be strong to receive your inheritance. You're going to have to be strong to pray for others. You're going to have to be strong to allow Jesus to be your peace at all times. You're going to have to be strong to still come to Jesus with boldness and confidence when you screw up. Come on, you're going to have to be strong in the Lord uh, to follow, not follow after religious fads. You're going to have to be strong in the uh, Lord to act like you are righteous and holy when you don't feel like it. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to not give place to the devil. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to not only allow good things to come out of your mouth. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to be kind tenderhearted, and forgive others the way Jesus has forgiven you. You understand what I mean by a modifier now with those examples? So the first thing Paul says, be strong in Jesus and the power of his might. Be strong in Jesus. He wouldn't have to tell us to be strong if we were just automatically strong. So he's indicating here there are times we're not going to feel strong. We're going to have feelings of inadequacy, feelings of weakness, feelings of lack of ability, frustration, hopelessness, those different feelings. And what does God tell us to do? Somebody said, one word, be strong. Well, that's two words. But actually, if you look it up in the Greek, it really is one word. It's one word. It has four different meanings. I'm going to give those to you real quick. Be strong, the Greek word that's used here, means to be empowered, to be enabled, to increase in strength, and to be strong but it doesn't stop there. The key is it goes on and says in the Lord. See, you're empowered, you're enabled, you're strengthened. You can be strong because where you're at, you are in Jesus. If you're a child of God, if you're born again, in fact, uh, Daniel eleven thirty two uh, says the people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. The people that do know their God will be strong. And do exploits Actually the word exploits Is not even in there If you have a King James Bible It's italicized Because it wasn't in the original Scriptures Manuscripts And so really it says Though the people that do know their God Will be Or that will will do It doesn't say exploits Just will do And I looked up that Hebrew word do And it, it means to advance Or to accomplish So you're going to advance The kingdom of God You're going to accomplish The will of God in your life When you be strong That's, that's good news Isaiah 35, 4 tells those of us of a fearful heart Be strong and do not fear In fact, let me show you that verse Turn over there real quick Isaiah 35, 4 Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 4 It says, I'm going to read from the New King James Version It says, say to those who are fearful hearted By the way, let me just add this to it Because I feel led of the Holy Spirit to do this Fearful hearted Is worry filled. Worry is a form of fear. Fearful hearted is stressful hearted. So if you're allowing stress, you're allowing worry, that's fearful hearted. He says, Tell those, or yeah, say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear, in other words, do not worry, do not stress. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Praise God. God is on our side, isn't he? All right. For example, 2nd Chronicles. You don't have to turn there. Second Chronicles 32, 7. It says, be strong and courageous when facing your enemies because there's more with us than there are with them. That's always good news to hear is isn't it? Joshua 1.9 says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, afraid or discouraged because God is with you everywhere you go. That's good news. So that's because you're in Christ. You're in Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new species of being that didn't exist before. So if you're going to be strong, you need to know you're in the Lord. You're in Christ. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do for this morning? I'm going to to read some scriptures. I'm not going to have you turn there because it would take too long. I'm just going to read some scriptures about what God says or who God says you are because you're in the Lord. Because it says right here in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord. Don't be strong in, in yourself and the power of your might. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, right? So you're going to have to understand who you are in the Lord if you want to be strong. So let me read a few things here real quick. Romans 3.24 says, Because you are in Christ, that's in the Lord, you are redeemed and made right with God because of his free, undeserved, unearned grace. Romans 8.1 says, Because you're in Christ, you can now live a life free from condemnation. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, there is nothing you can do or nothing anyone else can do that will stop God from loving you. Yes. Amen. People think they do things and think God's mad at them. No, God is not mad at him. He is love and he loves his body. He loves those that are in the Lord, in Jesus. Hallelujah. First Corinthians 1 30 says, because you are in Christ, you have all of God's wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, and it is available to you now. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says because you're in Christ, he always causes you to triumph. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says because you are in Christ, God is not, I love this one, God is not keeping any record of your sins. No record of your mistakes. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.26 says your faith in the Lord, your faith in Christ has made you part of God's immediate family. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. The creator of all things is your daddy. I like it when it says, Abba, Father, because it's letting you know he's daddy. Ephesians 1.3 says, because you're in Christ, God has already given you every blessing that is available in heaven. And you have it now while you're in the sweet here and now. And you'll have it in the sweet by and by. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.6 says, because you're in Christ, God has given you a seat in heaven right next to Jesus. I love that. You're in more than one place at once. You're not, you're not omnipresent like God, but you're at least dual present, <laughs> right? You're here. I see you. But guess what? Jesus said you're sitting with him in heaven right next to God. So if he said it, it has to be true. Ephesians 2.10 says, because you are in Christ, God has handcrafted you, assigned things in life for you to do, and given you the ability to do them. That's good news. Praise God. Philippians 2.5 says, Because you are in Christ, you have the mind of Christ and can operate in his mental state. I would say that you can be mentally stable then, can't you? If you can operate in the mind of Christ, you can have a sound mind, which he's given you by his spirit putting you in him anyway. Let's turn over to 2 Timothy now. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. 2 Timothy 2.1, we're talking about being strong. Here it says, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So see, you're in the Lord, and now it says there's grace there for you to be strong. Wow, you can be strong because of the grace that is in Jesus. And that's what we're looking at in Ephesians 6.10. We'll go back there in a few minutes, but go to another scripture. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter sixteen. And verse 13, I love, of course, I guess because I'm a teacher, I love turning to a lot of scriptures. Sometimes people have, I've had people, even pastors say, you know, I had to just quit taking notes. You went to so many scriptures. (laughs) 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 He said, I just had to sit and listen, and then I'll go back and get the recording and write them down, you know. But I love going to the Word because I don't want to give you my opinion. I don't want to give you my theory. You know what a theory is, don't you? A theory is a supposition established upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. Well, brother, my theory? No, I don't want your theory. Give me the word. What did God say? Cuz if you know what did Jesus say? If you know truth it makes you free. Yes. You know theory it'll set you in bondage. <laughs> yeah. All right, so 1 Corinthians 16:13, it says, I'm going to read from the New King James again. New King James says, "Watch," then it says, "Stand fast in the faith," then it says, "Be brave." And then it says, "Be strong." So it says four things: Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. So this is something that God has called all of us to do now. If you're wondering what you're supposed to do this week this year, here's, some th- here's four things right here He's commissioned you to do now. Let's talk about these four things. First of all, He uses the word "watch." I looked up the Hebrew or the Greek that it was translated from. The word "watch" means to stay awake. To be watchful, to be vigilant, to give strict attention to, and to be cautious. So when I thought about those different definitions, stay awake, be watchful, be vigilant, strict attention to, and be cautious, all of those definitions of watch show us that there is an enemy called Satan, the devil, that wants to devour us, and he wants to bring you down. That's why this is really saying the same thing as over in 2 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, which says, be sober. And be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about roaring like a lion seeking people he can devour. But it says, go ahead and resist him steadfast in the faith. You don't have to let him devour you. But it says here, though, the same thing as 2 Peter, be sober, be vigilant. That means stay on your guard. That means don't fall into his snares like the scripture calls. says he's got snares, he's got traps, he's got trickery. Well, don't fall for all that. Be strong. So, the first thing 1 Corinthians 16 13 tells us is to watch. The second thing it says is stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. The Greek says to stay stationary, to be persistent, and to persevere. Hmm. Stay stationary, be persistent. And persevere So therefore it means stay stationary in your faith Be persistent in what Jesus has made you and given you And then persevere Listen, persevere when things don't go your way I I don't see people having to try to persevere when everything's going right I'm just trying to persevere, brother No, they have to persevere when things don't look good Don't sound good Aren't good Amen so we got to stay stationary. In other words, don't be moved by what you see, hear, and feel. You can change what you hear, see, and feel yes. by what you believe, right? You believe that you have faith in Jesus. In fact, Galatians 5.1 says, Stand fast in the liberty. Stand fast. We're talking about standing fast here in our faith. He says, Paul says in Galatians 5:1, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And then it goes on: don't, don't get entangled with trying to keep a bunch of laws from the Old Testament to gain God's approval. Jesus already gained God's approval for you. Amen. It's not, God's approval is not based on your performance, it's not based on what you do or don't do. It's totally based on what Jesus has already done for you. Can I hear an amen? So it tells us to stay alert, and then he tells you to be persistent and use your faith to persevere. Don't be moved by the information obtained through your physical senses. Watch, and then stand fast in the faith. Then the third thing it tells us is to be brave. Everybody say, be brave. Actually, the King James, if you have a King James, it says, quit ye like men. What is quit ye like men today? Well, in our society today, you may hear it said, man up, or be a man. That just means quit acting like a wimp. (laughs) Don't don't act like a coward. Don't act like a defeated pup. I like to say quit acting like the lion on the Wizard of Oz. How many watched the Wizard of Oz before? Come on, somebody's watched it before, haven't you? (laughs) No, most of you don't even know what I'm talking about, huh? especially the young folk. Wizard of Oz. Yeah, you probably ought to go watch that movie sometime just so you know what I'm talking about. The wizard, the, the uh, lion was a coward. Lions don't, aren't supposed to be cowards. They're supposed to be courageous, right? But once the wizard gave him courage, he could roar again. <laughs> but God's given you a roar, praise God. You're from the lion of the tribe of Judah. You live in him, so you can roar. You don't need a wizard. You got Jesus, praise God, the master. So you can be brave and you can be courageous. In fact, over it actually says the same thing over in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 9. It says, uh, be strong and quit yourselves like men. So that just means be courageous. So does God's word have anything along with being strong to also tell us to be courageous? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 32. This is a verse I quoted earlier, but I didn't have to turn there. So we'll turn there real quick and look at it. Second Chronicles 32 7, again I'm going to read from the New King James, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, that's worried and stressed and all, before the king of Assyria nor before all the multitude that's with him, for there are more with us than there are with them. Now, when you read an Old Testament verse, a lot of people don't realize something I will remind you of over in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, it says all the uh, stories of the Old Testament were written as, as examples for us to learn from. So for example, here in 2 Chronicles 32, 7, God says to them, now watch this, and to you, be strong and courageous when facing your enemies. Why? Because there are more with us than there are with them. You need to know that God's given you more than one angel. He's given you legions of angels to to take care of you. People get this idea from religious traditions that you have this little angel that's fat and sits on a cloud and has a harp. And once you grow up and become an adult, you don't have them anymore. Well, I wouldn't want that one anyway. <laughs> no, you, you have warring angels with you, praise God. It's kind of like over in Second Corinthians, I mean, Second Kings chapter six and verse 16, where uh, Elisha is surrounded by the king of Assyria's armies. He didn't know it. He had gone to sleep, and the king of Syria sent the armies while he's sleeping to surround the city of Dothan, where Elisha was. So in the morning, Elisha's servant gets up and walks outside and looks out over the city and sees this whole multitudes of armies and chariots surrounding the whole city. I mean, the whole way around the city, 360 degrees. And the King James is a little lame to me. I don't, I don't like, really like it because it says, doesn't really say this in the Greek, but alas, master, what shall we do? That's not the way it was said. It was more like, ah! Elisha, look, come here while we're about to die. <laughs> so, so Elisha, then if you've read the story, but some of you probably haven't so if yet, let me bring you up. What happened was then Elisha knew that he had armies, legions of angels from heaven helping him, but his servant couldn't see it. And so Elisha actually prayed and said, God, would you please open my servant's eyes and God did. God opened the servant's eyes, and all of a sudden, the servant saw horses and chariots of fire surrounding all of their army. That's that's who we have helping us. That's why you can be strong and courageous, because God has an army of angels surrounding you. Praise God. Turn over to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Is anybody getting anything? Man, I'm preaching me happy. I hope I'm helping you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. God said, have I not commanded you be strong? This is interesting. Every verse we're looking at, even the one in Ephesians 6.10, it says, be strong. It doesn't say, try and be strong. If you're trying, then that means you're trying to be strong in yourself and the power of your might. You know what second corinthians 3 5 says it, it says we are not sufficient as of to think anything of ourselves hmm. you're nothing without jesus amen. that's why the rest of that verse second corinthians 3 5 goes on and says but our sufficiency is of god so when you're born again when you have jesus on the inside of you then you have oh. armies available to you armies from heaven you have god you have jesus you have the holy <laughs> spirit you're a winner going somewhere to happen yes. amen praise god So he says, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. I did a whole study on do not fear, do not be afraid. Found out the Bible over 800 times talks about fear. So I think it's a subject that God wants us to understand. Now, a lot of times, like over... 600 of those 800 times, over 600 of them, it was just in reference to uh, like the Amorites being fearful of the children of Israel and talks about all those different happenings. So a lot of times there were actually only 167 out of over 800 times, 167 times where God actually specifically tells us, do not fear, do not be afraid. Uh, do not be terrified. In some form, the word fear is said, you you don't have to be that. So if he gives us, I mean, if God gave us 10 times, do not be afraid, that would be enough. Amen. If he gave us 20, 50, 100, but 167 times, God says, do not fear. Amen. Amen. So if he says, do not, guess what? We don't have to do. We don't have to fear. That's why I remember what God... I probably shared this with you one time when I was here. So This is my fourth time here now at Lake Church. But one time I was driving across the panhandle of Texas to go preach at a church. And the Lord spoke to me. I was driving along. I was praying in the spirit. And the Lord said to me, he said, If you will not allow fear in any area of your life, no curse can operate in any area of your life. Do you hear that? If you will not allow fear... Because, see, fear is what shuts your faith off. It doesn't get rid of your faith. You still have faith on the inside. It's just lying dormant. Amen. But fear will shut your faith off if you allow it to stay. Now, it's, we're all going to have thoughts of fear, worry, stress, fear, different fear of thoughts. We're going to have thoughts come, but you don't have to let them stay. Amen. I remember Brother Hagan one time, he says, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can sure stop it from building a nest on your head. <laughs> amen. so you don't have to allow those thoughts to stay when they come you can choose your thoughts amen have i not commanded you be strong so you can be strong because look what it says here for the lord is with you i want you to you see that three-letter word f-o-r it says be strong and of good courage do not be afraid do not be dismayed for you need to circle that you need to highlight that. You need to underline those three, those, those three letters that form a word for, and here's why. Because here it tells you why you can be strong, why you can have good courage, why you don't have to be afraid, why you don't have to get discouraged. He said, for the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. I remember the late Kenneth E. Hagin, he, he said this one time. He said, you know, if we would just believe one scripture... He he actually said it this way if we believers would believe. <laughs> well isn't that what believers are supposed to do? Yeah, what does a dog do? He barks because he's a dog. What do you what do you do? You're a believer. You believe. That's what you're supposed to do. He said if we would just believe that God is always with us and will never forsake us, you'd never be depressed, you'd never be stressed, you'd never be afraid. And I thought, oh my goodness, look at that. One verse. Or That's why Brother Copeland, y'all you, you know who Kenneth Copeland is, he's made this statement for years. One word of God can change your life forever. One word of God. My grandmother had cancer at 75 years old, was supposed to die, six months to live. Doctors gave her six months to live. 75 years old. I called her up and told her about the late Kenneth Hagan, Hagin because he was had before he died He had a healing crusade down in Winter Haven, Florida My grandmother lived in Brooksville, Florida Just a couple hours away And so I, I called my grandma up and I said Grandma, I said, uh, Brother Hagin's going to be in Winter Haven And he's going to be laying hands on people And a lot of people have been healed of cancer Under his ministry, so why don't you come down there And let God heal you And she agreed, she came, she sat in all, all these services Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday mo- afternoon, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. And after the Wednesday morning service, she came up to me and she said, Larry, guess what? I said, what? She said, I don't need to get in the healing line now. That's what she came for. She wanted Brother Hagin to pray for her to get healed of cancer. She said, I don't need to get in the healing line now. I said, why, Grandma? She said, because I'm already healed. Haven't you been listening? <laughs> <laughs> And Brother Hagan had been preaching all the v- verses in the Bible showing when Jesus was on the cross, he not only bore your sins, but he also bore your sickness oh, so you can be well. Amen. So if you are sick, you can be healed because of what he did. Takes faith to release that healing grace, just like it took faith to receive the saving grace and you become righteous. Boy, I'm preaching good today. Man, I'm telling you, I'm preaching me happy. But then it's just the word coming out of my mouth. I'm just the hose, it's the water coming out that I'm liking. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Praise God. So she, she, uh, she said, yeah, I don't need to get in the heal." I said, why? Because she, she said, I'm already healed. I said, and so I asked her, I said, well, how do you know you're healed? Because I wanted to make sure her faith was based on the word, not what somebody else is saying. I said, Grandma, how do you know you're healed? She says, it is written, Jesus bore my sicknesses and no use, both of us bearing it. That's what she said. She was 75. She was feisty, old lady. She said, Jesus bore my sickness, no use, both of us bearing it. And that one word changed her life forever. At 75 years of old, thousands, actually, the cancer began disappearing that day. In three days, it was completely gone. So thousands of people witnessed it at that, at that crusade. And then she lived from 75. She didn't die until she was 95, and cancer never came back. One word of God can change your life forever. Be strong for, why can I be strong? Why can I be a courageous, courageous? Why don't I have to be afraid or discouraged? For the Lord is with you everywhere you go. Wow. But Brother Larry, I don't feel like he's with me. Well, that's why we read that God told us to be persistent with our faith. In other words, don't walk by sight, walk by faith. Turn over to Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31.6. 31, Going to say the same thing as we've been looking at here. See, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. Talking about your enemies. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. All right, let's go back to Ephesians where we started because we're seeing this over and over. And I could take you to more verses, but I think all these we're looking at, we're saying, okay, God, I think is trying to get a point across. We can be strong no matter what's going on in government, no matter what's going on in wars and countries and economy and, and viruses and all this stuff, we can be strong. So he said here in Ephesians 6, 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Paul says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might be strong. The only way you're going to be strong is what it says here in the Lord. What does that mean? In other words, in Christ, you got to be strong in the Lord. And then it says, because of that, you have the power of his might on the inside of you. Let me read something Micah said. I wrote it down in Micah 3.8. He said, truly, this is Micah the prophet under the old covenant. But remember, people under the old covenant did not have God living on the inside of them. Right? So listen to what Micah said. I am full of power by the spirit of the Lord, and of judgment and of might. Wow, Micah said he was full of power and full of might, and he didn't even have the spirit of God on the inside of him. How much more can you and I, because we're full of God's power and full of God's might? The greater one lives in us. How much more can we then be strong in the Lord and the power of His might? Remember, over in um, Judges chapter six, verse eleven. Where, where God calls Gideon a mighty man of valor. If you've ever read that story, it's very interesting that God calls Gideon a mighty man of valor when Gideon was afraid. <laughs> read the story. He was actually in a pit shucking wheat, <laughs> whatever they do with wheat, grain, whatever do they do. I guess you shuck corn, you don't <laughs> shuck wheat. Huh? But anyway, he was, he was down in this pit, uh, hiding from the Midianites, and God says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Well, why does he do that? Well, because God calls those things that be not as though they are. You remember, remember in Romans chapter 4, verse 17, really? He calls those things that be not as though they were. My paraphrase, God calls those things that don't appear to be real, but in truth they are because God said so. Amen. That's calling things to be not as though they are because God calls those things that don't appear to be real. But in truth, they are real because God said so. All right. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 10. Wow. Verse 17. Look at this. For the Lord, we're going to talk about your God now. The Lord, your God, is God of God's. Why does he say that? Because he knew that man was going to come up with a lot of gods and a lot of idols, but that none of them were going to be God. None, none of them were going to be the almighty, the all-sufficient, the all-knowing, Right. And so he says, the Lord, your God, is God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty God, a terrible God. Actually, that word terrible in the Hebrew means awe-inspiring or to be revered. So he's awe-inspiring and and to be revered. He's no respecter of persons and cannot be bribed. (laughs) I love that. God says that the God, he says right there that the God that lives in you is mighty. And that means if he's mighty and lives in you, then you have his might inside of you. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In other words, be strong because you are in Jesus and his might is in you, right? Be strong, be strong, be strong. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Let me show you something because you can be mighty and you can be strong. And let me show you something that will even help you more. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to read a couple of verses here. Let's start in verse 3. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, that means your physical body that you're walking in, you do not war according to the flesh. For, verse 4, the weapons of our warfare warfare are not carnal but mighty. They're not carnal. Actually, that word carnal in the Greek means not of human origin. So the weapons of our warfare are not of human origin, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus. Listen, your armor is mighty because it's God's armor. Your weapons are mighty because they're God's weapons. Uh, a couple of other places that talk about armor. Romans 13 12 says you have the armor of light. Ephesians 6.16 says you have the armor of faith. 2 Corinthians 6.7 7 says you have the armor of righteousness. Ephesians 6.17 says you have the sword of the Spirit and you have the Word of God. And according to Hebrews 4:12, the word is alive, and the word is powerful. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting that with all this power? With all this might that is available to Christians, yet so many Christians are living defeated, woe is me type lifestyles. Why is that? Well, because even though God is in you, and even though his power's in you, even though his might's in you, even though his strength's in you, you still have to be a doer of the word. Oh, Brother Larry, has it come down to that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we have to be a doer of the word. Remember, James says, if you don't do the word, you actually deceive yourself. That means we can sit in great churches. You guys have an awesome pastor here, an awesome teacher. I listen to his stuff occasionally here and there. Yeah, you're you're so blessed, and even Pastor Kevin, different ones that minister here. Um, you're blessed to hear the word of God, but just because you hear it doesn't mean you're going to be an overcomer. You're not going to overcome. 1 John 5, 4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, is even your faith. So you gotta take what you hear and then do it. You gotta apply it. You gotta put it to practice in your life. So this says be a, uh, to be strong in the Lord, and the power of his might. So you gotta be a doer of the word. And somebody might ask, Well, what word, Brother Larry? Well, this one for one, be strong. You got to start acting like what God said is true and that it is true. Listen, no matter how you feel, no matter what you, how you've been treated by others, no matter what's going on in society, be strong. I think Joel had that revelation. Remember under the old covenant, the prophet Joel, in, in Joel 3.10, he said, let the weak say something. Do you remember what he said? What did he say? Let the weak say, I am Strong. That's what he said in Joel, and that's under the Old Covenant. So if they can do it under the Old Covenant, how much more can we? Acts 17, 28 says, in him we live. In him we move. In him we even have our very existence. Wow, we're in him. Joel wasn't in him, and yet he said, let the weak say something. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let me me close this morning over in Hebrews, and you'll see why you've got to say things. Hebrews chapter 13, turn over there. And I'm going to close reading verses 5 and 6. Actually, I'm going to start in the middle of verse 5. For those of you that might not know this, the, the Bible never had chapters and verses. It was just letters. So later on, people added chapters and verses just for reference. So if a preacher says, turn here, you can find it, you know. But I'm going to start in the middle of verse 5 of Hebrews 13 just because I want you to see something because God speaks here. I want you to see what God says. In, in Hebrews 13, 5, and you could say 5B if you want, the middle of verse 5. It says, God has said. So we're talking about our Father God speaking right here. And he doesn't mince words. So whatever he says is important. He says, God has said, I will never leave you or, or means I will never forsake you. I don't think y'all heard that. Let me read that again. God said, I will never leave you. I will never let you down. Now, that's important because there's been times where maybe some of us have said, you know, God let me down. God didn't answer my prayer, and God didn't do this, and and they imply that God let them down. No, God said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. So if you feel like he forsook you, he did not. So don't listen to that lie anymore. Start saying, okay, it wasn't on God's end. I got to get the receiver end working here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So he said, he said, God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll not fear what man can do to me. God has said. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, "The Lord's my helper; I'll not fear what man can do to me." God has said, "I'll never leave thee nor forsake." So that we may boldly say, "The Lord's my helper; I'll not fear." God has said, so that we may boldly say. In fact, you need to underline two words: "so that." God has said, "So that." Here's why God said it. God did not say, "I will never leave you nor forsake you," so that the end of verse five would not be blank. He didn't all of a sudden think, i got to say something here because they're going to write this down, and if I don't say something, it'll be blank. No, he said it for your benefit so that yes. you will boldly say. Yes. Amen. Oh, so when God says something, it is for the purpose of us getting it in our heart and in our mouth yes. so that we're speaking it. How do you get saved? The word is nigh you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, Paul said. And then he said, if you'll confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto. Your speaking is what releases faith out of your heart and receives the grace of God. Wow. Glory to God. So God hath said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, so that. Here's the purpose So so that you will boldly didn't say timidly shyly you know just haphazardly no so that you will boldly proclaim this because God said it boldly say God you are my helper and I will not fear any crazy government or crazy society or crazy mandates or crazy this or that I refuse to fear what man can do to me did God say this or not He did, didn't he? So I'm challenging you today because I believe there's some things coming down the pipe that probably will be worse than the Wuhan virus. And yet we do not have to fear. I don't care if a sickness is man-made or devil-made. It's still devil-made even if it's man-made because the devil made him do it. I don't care how it's made. I don't care where the source is. I'm telling you, you and I have a Jesus that is more powerful than anything that comes against us. And you have the anointing abiding in you. So if people get afraid, you go lay hands on them and don't you dare get afraid of it. They're afraid of you, my friend. Devils are afraid of you. Sickness and disease is afraid of you. So that's how we we take dominion. We have dominion on this earth. I just heard a message over at Camp Meeting this last week. A a pastor from Jacksonville was preaching, and he told everybody about a word I hadn't heard. He said, you need need to be a dominionaire, not a millionaire, not a billionaire, not a trillionaire, a dominionaire, because a dominionaire is even more powerful than any of those other ones. When you actually use your dominion, you're a dominionaire. I like that. I told him when I talked to him, I said, I'm going to take that, you know, and use it. (laughs) You and I have dominion. God said, listen, I created you as my created beings. I've given you dominion over all the earth, over every living thing that moves. I like that because if you read Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 28, he didn't just say animals and fish and birds. He said, I give you dominion over every living thing a virus is a living thing bacteria is a living thing you and i have dominion over them liz and i were in the back room just a few minutes ago and we got a report of a friend of ours that is sick and and so i liz had gone to the bathroom and i just stood up back there in that back room and i took to me and i said well bless god i'm not getting sick I'm not getting any virus. Jesus bore mine. I took dominion over it and exercised my authority out of my mouth. you got to get the faith circulating, working. Work your faith. Work out your salvation. Amen? So my, my charge to you, family, be strong. I don't care what happens next week, next month, next year. Be strong because it's going to cause you to rise the cream of the crop you know what the saying is you're going to be rising to the top and then people are going to look to you because you are the light of the world Jesus said in Matthew 5 he said you're the light of the world and you're the salt of the earth so you got to be light and you got to be salt and these last days people are going to be looking and I'm telling you we are going to have the miraculous most miraculous move of God we have ever had God just showed me some things recently, and and I'll speak prophetically right now. You are going to see a move of God that is going to clip the book of Acts. You're going to see a move of God like never seen before. And it's going to be a move that is not going to be able to be hid by fake news or false news or the media. And they're not going to, because this is what God told me. He said, when I start doing the miracles in this move, which is beginning now, it's already begun. He said, I'm going to start doing miracles. I'm going to heal Alzheimer's. I'm going to heal dementia. I'm going to heal Lou Gehrig's. I'm going to heal Parkinson's. I'm going to heal things. And I'm going to raise people up all over. It's going to happen. In fact, I heard the Lord say this, like popcorn popping, it's not going to be avoid avoidable. You're not going to be able to avoid it. And he even, the Lord even told me this. He said, and even the media will not be able to hide it. He said, because I'm going to be healing their mother and their father and their son and their daughter, and they're not going to want to hide it. They're going to say, look what the Lord has done. And it's going to spread through all media, all over the world. And people are going to be ushered into the kingdom of God by the billions Hallelujah. and then the king is going to split the clouds and we are going to go meet him in the air Woo. so why do we have to work, why do we have to be strong because of this last move you don't need to be straddling the fence you don't need to be fearful and not be one of them, go ahead and join us front line folk, join the cream of the crop, rise up and be the child of God you are, if God said be strong then be it Start saying, bless God, I don't, feel, I don't care whether I feel weak or not. I'm strong. Jesus said, be strong. The word of God, Jesus are the same. Jesus said, be strong. So I'm strong. Be of good courage. I'm of great courage. I got a lot of courage. Why? Because God is with me everywhere I go. He never leaves me, never forsakes me. And I got legions of angels and horses of fire, chariots of fire with me everywhere I go. Whew. Amen. Come on, let's lift up our hands and thank him today. Lord, we just want to give you thanks. The Bible says lifting up holy hands. They're not holy because we made them holy. They're holy because we're in Jesus and you made them holy. So we lift up our hands and we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making us like yourself. In you we live and move and have our being. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you, Lord God. Somebody, are we still on live stream here? I don't know if this is somebody watching or somebody here, but I just heard carpal tunnel syndrome. So this has to do with wrist and stuff in the lower part of your arm next to your hand. So if somebody has that... The power of God is here right now to heal you. Go ahead and just lift up your hand and receive it. Anybody with carpal tunnel syndrome, go ahead and receive that. The power is right. I speak to that carpal tunnel. I command it. Get out of their bodies now. I loosen them in the name of Jesus. I speak life and health to them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Blood count, blood count, blood count. I don't know what that means, Lord. Somebody's blood count is not where it's supposed to be. Uh, I speak life to your blood right now, if that's you watching online. I command uh, all of the correct cells, the the red ones and the white ones, and whatever it is, Lord. Right now, I speak to that blood. Blood, you are healthy. You are whole. You are strong in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, God. I keep getting pancreas, so I'm going to speak to a pancreas. Pancreas, I'm talking to you. Whether you're here uh, or watching, I speak. I, I command, well, pancreatic cancer. I command you to wither and die right now. Cancer in the pancreas, you wither and die right now in Jesus' name. If you're in this place and you've been experiencing any problem, I speak to that. I command it to wither and die from your body in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I see, um, I see knee joints, knee joints. And I, I didn't hear just joint singular, so I don't know who this is, but I see knee joints. And this is what I, I feel of the Lord says. Um, and this is how you get it in your mouth and start speaking it then. Proverbs 3 5. I'm going to read, uh, quote a couple verses here, starting verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now that's faith, isn't it? Trust is faith. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding in all your ways. So all your ways would include your joints and your healing and health, your money, everything. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In other words, speak what he says, not what it feels like or looks like. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. The next verse says, don't be wise in your own eyes. In other words, don't trust yourself and trust the feelings and all that stuff, trust in him. Don't be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. So he's actually calling it when we trust in ourselves, evil. He says, depart from evil. And then the next verse says, it will be health to your navel, that's your whole middle section and outward, and marrow to your bones. Marrow is moistening. It's anointing. It's glory. It's power. It's the life of God flowing into bones. That's why I refuse. I'm 68. I just turned 68 yesterday. It was my birthday. I re- I refuse to have arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis. I'm just going to have Goditis. I'm not going to have joint pain and that. I'm not having. It. I've had it come and attack me, but I won't let it stay. I'm not having it because I'm going to trust in the Lord with all my heart not lean to my own understanding. He said it would be health to my navel and marrow, moistening strength, anointing to my bones. That's the very marrow of God. So if you have bone problem right now, I pray for you in Jesus' name. I command that bone, uh, the marrow of God. I speak the marrow of God into those bones, into those joints. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah All right Somebody I see I see a digestive problem Somebody's having some kind of digestion problem Is that you here or somebody watching Is there somebody here All right stand to your feet I felt like you said stand up on this one So right now in the name of Jesus Father we Go ahead and reach your hands out toward her Father we pray for her right now And we say uh, digestive system You be strong You be healed We command you to line up, and we command that body to function to the perfection that God created it. Yeah, it just flowed right into her. Praise God. We expect to hear a testimony from you, sweet lady. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I feel like there is somebody watching with this problem, too, so we just pray for you. In Jesus' name, we stretch forth our hand, that Jesus' hand, to heal. We thank you for signs and wonders being wrought in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That person watching, that the digestive system is being totally healed, totally healed. I see, in fact, that person that's watching, it's something to do with esophagus, too. So be healed, whole, whole, from head to toe in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, is there anything else you want me to say or do? I'll obey you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. We just got to... A testimony just a couple days ago over a camp meeting a guy walked up he's actually a pastor he and his dad pastor a church in california a pretty big church and uh, he reminded me of a time that he came to one of my meetings sat in the back row and i didn't know that he was even there i didn't know anything about him but he had torn his uh whatever what is it yeah, had ligaments and stuff in his knee, and, and uh, he was supposed to be marching and carrying a flag in a parade coming up, and, and he wasn't able to do it. He just wasn't able to do it, and he came in my meeting just a few days before the parade when he was supposed to be holding the flag, American flag or Christian flag or whatever. I don't remember which one, but um, anyway, all of a sudden, I had a word of knowledge like just now, And I said, somebody here, I don't remember what I said, but anyway, I said, you need your knee healed. You tore something or you needed healed. Well, right now, be healed. And he said he got totally healed that night marched in the parade two days later. Oh, that's right. He had a brace on. He had a brace on that night while he was sitting back there. He took the brace off and he said it was completely healed. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Anything else, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Sweetheart, you got anything? You got anything? No? Okay. All right. Father, I just pray right now for my family here and family that are watching online. I just pray, Father, that, wow, that we would all not just be hearers, but that we would be doers. Lord Jesus, you prayed for Peter that his faith would not fail him. I pray that everyone here, their faith would not fail them, that they would be doers so that their faith would be active and work and get the proper fruits of it. I pray that not one of us here would uh, turn Jesus and his word away. In fact, if there's somebody here or somebody watching that's not saved, I pray that they would understand the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Right now is the accepted time. Don't harden your heart. If you need Jesus today, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If somebody's here today and you've never accepted Jesus and you want to, just slip your hand up high enough that I know who you are. I'll pray for you, we can can all pray, and then you can become part of the family of God today. So if there's anyone here and you've never accepted Jesus but you want to, go ahead and lift your hand. Anybody at all? Anybody at all? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, lift your eyes up, open your eyes and look at me. If you are a Christian, you're not ashamed of him, you're not ashamed to admit you're a child of God, lift your hand up real high and say, yeah, that's me, I'm a child of God. All right, good, you can put them down. That looks like everybody, praise God. And all children of God, you need to be filled with the Spirit. So I always give him the invitation. The Apostle Paul said everybody needs to be filled with the Spirit. He said, because when you pray in the Spirit, you can pray beyond your understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he goes into detail about that. He said, now in the church, he said, I don't preach in tongues or pray in tongues because people won't understand what I'm saying. He said, but I pray in tongues more than y'all. He was a good Southern boy, y'all. <laughs> So if you're not filled with the Spirit, I'm going to give you that invitation right now. If you're not filled and you, you don't pray in the Spirit, it's called different things in the Bible. It's called praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, uh, baptism of the Holy Ghost, called different things. But if you're not baptized, if you don't pray in the Spirit and you would like to, lift your hand up because we'll pray for you today. Anyone here that you're not filled with the Spirit and you want to be? Of course, God doesn't make you, so okay, good. We have a lady, a sister in the back, so take note, ushers, so we make sure we minister to her. Praise God. Anybody else want to be filled with the Spirit? All right. Praise God. Well, we're going to pray for her then. Uh, once we dismiss, I'll, I'll go pray for her. We'll have you meet us up here or whatever. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. That's good news, isn't it? Somebody getting filled with the Spirit. I'm, I remember I got, filled with the, I got filled with the Spirit in my Methodist church. I may have been the only one that got filled with the Spirit in that church, but I did get filled with the Spirit in my Methodist church, and uh, I'm like the Apostle Paul now. I thank my God. I speak in tongues more than y'all. I found out, well, you know, they at my church that I grew up in, they said, well, you know, speaking in tongues is of the devil. Well, I could easily refute that because I acted like the devil for years, and he never gave me tongues. And I never, and I never hear people magnifying, glorifying God in tongues and bars and stuff like that. So I don't think that's true. So anyway, when I got filled with the Spirit, though, I found out the Apostle Paul actually taught that when you pray in the Spirit, your your head doesn't understand what you're saying. But you're praying out mysteries because the Holy Ghost in you gives you utterance, which causes them to be mysteries to God. The devil hates it, and here's why the devil hates it. If they're mysteries of God... The devil doesn't understand the mysteries of God. Why? Because he was booted out of heaven. He lost all connection with glory. No more light. No more revelation. No more glory. So now he hates it when you get glory and light and revelation. So that's why he fights speaking in tongues so much and even convinces other preachers to preach against it because they don't have light on it yet. But that's all right. If you, if you want to be filled and you want to join us, we'll have her come up here, and, and I'll pray for her after the service. And if you're one that didn't raise your hand but you want to be filled, let me know, and we'll pray for you as well. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me just make a couple announcements. We, we do have our product table set up back there, and one of my favorite um, uh, items back there is our deck of cards. We have a deck of cards that's just like a regular deck of cards. It has 52 cards, but the, the cards have scriptures on them, on the front. On the back of the card is uh, a declare it, a confession. What are you supposed to say about that scripture? Because you got to get the scripture in your heart and then speak it right out of your mouth. And so I learned this years ago that God taught me, if you will spend a lot of time... The reason there's 52, because God told me to spend one whole week on one scripture... So you speak out the scripture for many, many times every day so your own ears can hear it. And by seven days, something about seven, perfection, I'm telling you, God's word will become part of you instead of just knowledge. It's all right to memorize scripture, but you got to come to where you know it. Remember the the Pharisees and doctors of the law memorized scripture, and yet it didn't set them free. Jesus said, when you know the truth, it sets you free. And so that's what the Lord taught me years ago. You can, I mean, if you just do one verse of scripture, at the end of a year, you'll have 52 verses of scripture you can do battle with. I'm telling you, it's powerful. So I encourage people to get the cards. And then how many of you have my Heaven's Health Food CD? Let me see your hands here. Just a couple of you here. Uh, more people in the first service did. But our Heaven's Health Food CD, uh, it just goes through all the scripture. I don't preach or teach on it. All, I, all it is is a scripture CD so all I do is just quote scripture and the reason is is because people hear the scriptures on healing and get healed We've had people healed of brain cancer, liver cancer, uh, heart cancer, blood cancer, skin cancer. We've had all kinds of cancers healed while listening to this healing CD. So guys in the sound booth or sound uh, room, if you can give us a sample of that real quick, please, so that they can hear it. Allow you to suffer the diseases I allowed on this the Egyptians. This is Exodus chapter 15. I am the Lord who heals you. You are the Lord who heals me. The New me. English Thank Bible you. says, I, the Lord, Am your healer, yes, you are Jesus. Your translation healer. says, I am Jehovah, your physician. You are my doctor. The basic thank English you. translation says, I am the Lord, your, your life. Dear. I receive that life. Thank Young's you. Young's translation says, For I, Jehovah, am healing you. you. I thank you for that. Thank Knox you. Knox translation says, I am the Lord, and it is health I bring you. Free of charge. Praise when God. When the Goodspeed translation talks about the diseases, it says, for I the Lord make you immune. To you can cut There's it right there guys. Thing. I love that translation. God said, I'll make you immune to sickness and disease. And that's what happens when Like even that lady in the coma that I told you, was that first service or this service? Oh, that was first service. We had a lady in a coma, two years in a coma. Her twin sister started playing this in her hospital room 24 hours a day, uh, like seven or 10 days. I don't remember exactly, but uh, started playing it 24 hours a day. And the doctors had said, because her sister had been in a coma so long, if she ever came out, she'd be brain dead and a vegetable. She came out of the coma completely well, quoting the scriptures off the CD. And we found out talking to her twin sister that when she went into the coma, she didn't know any of those scriptures. When she came out, she knew all of them. That's amazing. Because why? You're a spirit being. You're an eternal being. You're not that body. You're the one keeping that body alive. So I encourage people to get the heaven's health food. Listen to it. Don't wait till you get sick. Now, if you are sick or if you know people that are sick, buy them one. But if you want to stay healthy, then get a hold of that. And we also have that heaven's health food on usb but on this usb i added another scripture cd to it we have seven different scripture recordings all together on different subjects depending what area you want to build your faith but we also decided to put love scriptures on this usb so this has got that that you just listened to and then love scriptures is scripture after scripture of scripture on how much god loves you and that you will never be able to stop him from loving you no matter how good or bad you are (laughs) Anyway, you need to know that because that will cause your faith to spring forth and work mightily. And so it's on USB, and it's, and it's a way to save money. You can get the health food for 15 the love scripture for 15 or you can get the health and love for 20 and save 10 bucks. <laughs> so anyway, that's available back there. And then the last thing I want to mention, we have people come up to our table regularly and ask, hey, Brother Larry, if I'm just going to buy one thing, I can't, I can't afford to buy everything. So if I'm going to just buy one thing, what should I buy? I always tell them the in-him scriptures and then the teaching that goes with it. But the in-him scriptures is two hours, actually two hours and 20 minutes of me quoting scriptures, just like the health, except on scriptures about who you really are, who God says you are, who what God says he's already given you and then what God says he's enabled you to do now. Pa- powerful scriptures, life-changing. And so the in him scriptures are the scriptures and then the he was I am is the teaching that goes with it. If you really want to get built up and grow in your Christian walk, then get a hold of the he was I am. So anyway, those are all back there. I think I probably ought to give some things away. How many like free stuff? Well, see, sometimes people that go to first service think they're the saved ones. They're the special ones. But second service, I'm giving stuff away. So let's see. How about my deck of cards? Who'd like? Oh, I saw that lady's hand right back there first. Come on up here. I'll give you your deck of cards. Hallelujah. You are welcome. And then who would like... Actually, don't raise your hand. Let me ask you, is there anyone here? My wife had this first service. Is there anyone here that you really need a healing in your body? You're really believing for healing in your body? Okay, that sister right back there, Brother Kevin, that's got her hand up right there. Give that to her. And then the in him scriptures, and he was, I am. Oh, you'd like to have that? Come on up here. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to give both of these to you because they make a great set. You can get just one without the other if you want, but great set. You are welcome. All right, and then I've got the USB drive, the health scriptures and the love scriptures. And I see a hand back in the back back there. Come on up here, sweetie. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. She's been here every time I preached, so I thought, hey, I recognize her. I'll just go ahead and bless her. Praise God. All right, well, we just sowed some good seed into good ground, so more harvest coming. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you guys for allowing me to minister today, keep your pastor uh, prayed for and, 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 you know, hold his arms up and everything. And, and um, I told my, my new friend here, he's, this is his first time visiting the church today. So we were talking back in the back, and I said, well, after you hear me, you've got to come back and hear the pastor and at least give him a chance. So, <laughs> so Anyway, because I said, this is a great church. We love the church. In fact, I told him if I lived in this area, this is where I'd be going to church. So thank all of you for allowing me to minister the Word of God and tell, uh, tell Pastor and Karen that we love them and be praying for them and look forward to being back with you guys another time. But I'm going to turn this over to you and uh, to P- Pastor Varnell here, and, and uh, I'll, I'll be back at the product table after he dismisses us to answer any questions you might have. Love you guys. God bless you.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. Were you, were you blessed by that today? Yeah. Amen. Is this thing on? Hello, 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 all right, all right, there we are. Hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to sow some seed into the ministry here, you know, what you've been receiving today, uh, so that it can go out to other places, and so um, I just want to make you aware of the different ways you can give, if you weren't ready, we're going to just give you a minute, you can give by the envelopes on the seat back there, Uh, if you have cash or a check, even you can give by credit card on that, you just have to write it all in there. Um, if you're watching online and you were blessed by the teaching today, you want to sow into the Hutton's ministry, you can do that at LakeDashChurch.com, And also we have a text to give. I don't know if they have the number up here, but on the backs of your seats, there's a little card that gives you the directions on how you can text to give. And then last but not least, we have an app. It's called Church Center. Uh, if you don't have it, I encourage you to get it as well because it has our bulletin and all of that stuff on it so you can keep up with what's going on at Lake Church. But you just go to whatever your app store or Google Play or whatever your phone requires and just find Church Center. Download that. You can enter your banking information. And then anytime you can just open